0: This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 182. On this first podcast of 2020, I'm getting some inspiration from Charlie Watson, runner, cook, dietitian, and author of a new book which promises to help runners improve their performance through some great recipes and eating advice, regardless of whether you're a beginner or a seasoned marathon finisher. So if you're thinking about lacing up your running shoes this new year, give this one a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie Watson. Thank you very much. (laughs) Happy New Year. And to you. Um, Charlie's just written a great book called Cook, Eat, Run, um, which aims to give recipe inspiration and sensible nutritional advice to people who are runners like me. So really excited to be reading it. Um, How did you come about to write this book? When, When did you start your running journey?
1: Um, I started running about seven, eight years ago. Um, after I'd signed up for the London Marathon, okay, um, it's a bit of a reverse. What, you, si-
0: you signed up for a marathon as your first running thing. Yes, okay, yeah.
1: I um, genuinely didn't even know how far a marathon was at that point, but um, I wanted to do something big in yeah. memory of one of my friends. Raise money for a mental health charity, um, and a marathon seemed just about the biggest thing that I could could do. That so is
0: massive, yeah. And then, I mean, what happened? Did you start training in earnest or did you? Yeah. So I got
1: a call from mine to say that I had got a place and they asked me how my training was going and I was like, yeah, really well. Um, And then went out for my first run that <laughs> evening and genuinely made it to the end of my road before yeah. I had to pretend to stretch against a post box because I'd gone out way too fast. Yeah. Um, And found a training plan and built up literally from one mile yeah. to 26.2. Yeah.
0: That is, I mean, what training plan did you do? When I first started running, I did couch to 5K. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't doing a marathon at that point. But I do remember the first runs that I did um, were just unbelievable like can not breathe yeah couldn't believe that anyone could run for longer than like three minutes so no. I, was, I was literally like I don't understand how people can just run no. I don't understand it and I think it's o- <laughs> often because
1: the only time we run if we're not runners in our adult life is yeah exactly <laughs> or when you're late to something and then it's yeah. so like a full-out sprint yeah. in uncomfortable shoes carrying bags and yeah. um, you know you get on the bus and you're a hot mess and you're mm. panting and it's so embarrassing yeah. and I think we when we first start running, often that's the speed that we go out at and we don't know why we can't kind of um, maintain it for very long. The best advice I was given that is your body is a metronome and once you can find a pace that you're semi-comfortable with, you can kind of keep going for quite a long time at that pace, no matter how slowly or fast it is for your body.
0: Yeah, that's true. Um,
1: But I did the Hal Higdon, I think it was like a 20-week beginner marathon training plan, um, which I found was great. It was a lot of just... Miles without specific paces, so it was yeah. just because it's I had no idea what mic- I was doing. Yeah, the
0: mileage in as yeah. yeah.
1: So I literally found like a five k route and built up. But I started at one mile. I actually embarrassingly paid a personal trainer to come and run with me at first because I didn't know how to run. I thought it was something that you needed to learn how to do. <laughs>
0: I mean, you can do in a way, but yeah, you don't necessarily need a personal trainer. No,
1: <laughs> no, you definitely don't. But I was just so so naive and so unaware of where to even start. Yeah.
0: So when did you start becoming interested in how your diet was kind of affecting your performance? Because I know you've got your background in food anyway, don't you? Yes. Yeah.
1: So I, I put on weight during that first marathon training cycle. I've heard that from a few people actually. Because you're so hungry when you get back from your 18 mile run, your 20 mile run that you raid the cupboard yeah. and you kind of think well I've run so many miles I've yeah, added you whatever think it's I five, want yeah it's
0: like i it, this is my reward yeah exactly <laughs>
1: and to a certain extent i still am um, kind of am of that mindset but i was eating like a whole packet of chocolate fingers and okay. um, the and a jacket potato and this and that and um i I went online to try and find out more information because, you know, Googling, why have I put on weight during marathon training? Like (laughs) I'm running all these miles. Why am I, why is it not just dropping off? And found there was so much information that it was overwhelming. And so that's when I started doing a bit more research, trying to incorporate some of the more sensible advice that I felt like I'd found into my training. Um, And yeah, lost Lost the weight, although it was that was a more of a byproduct from the fact that I yeah. also changed my eating habits and my training yeah, yeah, yeah. habits. So for you were my actually eating
0: better. It wasn't a case of like you were starving yourself. Obviously, you no, just, no, no. And you also, were just I was like fueling in a different way. Yeah, and it was having a, a adverse effect on your on your body. Yeah, well,
1: just that I, you know, when quite simply, when you're carrying extra weight, it's yeah. harder to run. It's and, harder
0: to run. Yeah, my my brother in law um, is a avid marathon runner, and he he gets down to his waist right race weight yeah because he reckons it takes like minutes of yeah. his time yeah well if you think about you know
1: putting extra kilo bags yeah, of sugar in yeah, your yeah, rucksack yeah. and then yeah. running with that um, but also you just perform better when your body is well fueled. yeah so during my first marathon I didn't know that you were supposed to take in any energy during the race so okay. I had a few Haribo from you know people on the sidelines <laughs> the only time it's okay to take yeah. food from strangers <laughs> um, and had some Lucozade yeah and massively hit the wall at mile twenty. Had no energy. Gosh. Was oh, there's a photo of me just death staring my mum. Yeah. Um,
0: did you? Um, you made it though.
1: I did. Did yeah. Um, thanks to one of my friends who I was running with, who was. But like, those
0: last six miles must have been. They absolutely were hell.
1: awful. Yeah. And I was. I had blisters, and it was. It was awful. I can't believe I wanted to do it again when I finished. But I finished thinking I bet I could do that faster, and so I changed a lot between my first and my second marathons mm. most notably that I actually took energy gels during my second yeah. marathon and didn't although I did hit a point where I wanted to cry yeah. I it was nowhere near as bad
0: yeah um, I mean we'll talk all about the fueling and refueling and energy gels and stuff later but I'm what I'm really interested in is um you've recently just graduated as a registered dietitian yeah which um for people that don't know is not a nutritionist it's actually a um it's a it's a huge qualification involving I mean tell us tell us about it because it is um yeah Yeah. so this is my
1: second degree so I was um, a mature student so to get onto this course I had to go and do the equivalent of biology and chemistry a level because I have (laughs) humanities a levels from you know 10 years ago Um, So I did that for a year and then it was a four year course when I was doing it. Some of them are three now, including um, three hospital placements. So I spent nearly seven months in hospitals working as a dietitian or, you know, as a student dietitian as part of the course. And it's very clinical, a lot focused on um, more of a like medicinal approach to diets rather than like a, General well-being. Yeah.
0: Um so what is the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? Um so one of the main differences is that a
1: dietitian is a like a protected uh term, it's a like um a protected qualification, whereas mm. anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Okay. In general, this is very generalized. dietitians look after people that are unwell, whereas nutritionists look after like the well. Okay. But dietitians can work across both yeah, um, and you do have uh clinical registered nutritionists who can't mm. who do it's just a much more protected term um
0: but it also means that you're coming from a position of there's, there's a lot of misinformation yeah. out there about so ours diet, is all evidence-based yeah. ha-
1: as a as a dietitian <laughs> you have basically. yes it has to be evidence-based <laughs> yeah. it has to be backed up with with are trained Technical studies yeah, and, yeah exactly so we i've written a dissertation um we're, it's an NHS funded course or it was when I was doing it so it's yeah. an, a lot of it is what the NHS yeah. guidelines say the nice guidelines mm. that we follow um yeah and we have to make sure that we uh, like everything that we advise and suggest
0: is backed up so when you came to write this book I mean that's quite a lot of like thing to, to carry isn't it I mean you've you've literally like you're not You are not just throwing stuff out there willy nilly. You are like everything I put in this book has to have some kind of like. I
1: was so nervous about that. Yeah, yeah. so I made sure that everything that you know that everything I could back up and have a long list of studies that I've used, and also made had somebody else. Um, I was that was to a digestion fact him, get yeah. To check it yeah
0: because well.
1: um there was a couple of things like there's new obviously new mm. information and studies all out the all the time yeah, yeah. so it was making sure that it was relevant for now and obviously things can change I wrote yeah. it last like earlier like, last yeah. year 2019 um so it's it things do change and evolve yeah. and develop so it's it's as up to date as it yeah. could have been
0: saying that Listeners, it is not a like really dry scientific (laughs) book. It's actually a really lovely useful and very very user-friendly book full of information and really nice recipes because you used to work at Goodhouse yes yeah so you're a cook as well I mean that's your background is you're a cook you're a recipe developer you're a recipe writer so these recipes are not like written by scientists they're written by someone who loves food (laughs) as well which is helpful yeah so I read it I read through it yesterday and I was like this is great you know for me as well as someone who's been running for I don't know 10 odd years and and I just as a cook and a recipe writer, I, I've i always approached it in a very haphazard way mm-hmm. in terms of like, I'll get into it before a race. I'll sort of think about it. But I like you, I've been online and I've read so many different things. Yeah. I literally, I'm like unpicking stuff and then going just trying to like take out the sensible bits of you know um exactly so, and um, I think
1: I, um as runners we spend so much time running that we don't have a lot of time to spend yeah. in the kitchen yeah and so it's I've tried to create recipes that are quick that are functional that yeah. are things you'll find in your cupboard your fridge or your local supermarket rather than needing like to weird
0: stuff yeah weird supplements <laughs> exactly I think one of the main messages that I got that you said w- is eat real food yeah basically what does that mean um so
1: this is my (laughs) advice um I've got one of those now one of those jobs I'm applying for jobs at the moment but um that if you sit down next to someone at a wedding they're like oh what should I eat and that's my like blanket response is like real food it's very hard to overeat real food our bodies are so intuitive that they Mm. know what they need um and by sticking to food in as it's you know, natural ish. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a lot harder to a lot harder to overeat, and we get the nutrients and the minerals and the yeah. the benefits um, from the food mm. in that way, rather than try. You know, the it, the best way to describe it is if you tried to eat a bag of avocado in their you know raw form, yeah. it's very difficult. Yeah. Put that with. You know, make it into guacamole and put it with tortilla chips Absolutely. and I can eat the whole yeah. bag of tortilla chips <laughs> and be asking Seven for more guacamole. Yeah, yeah, exactly and I love guacamole and I make it a lot at home. but if you if you put it with the sort of more manufactured the the salty the mm. additives, it's a lot easier for us to just mindlessly eat yeah
0: so just trying to keep everything simple and think yeah. about what you're eating as you're eating it um, yeah the other thing is um that I've always like the idea of because it means me as a greedy person and a cook and someone who who likes to go out and eat is portion sizes because it means I can, I've always used that as a, as like my little yardstick for if I'm out or if someone's maybe dinner and I'm, I'm sort of like, don't want to be overeating. I'll eat it, but I'll just eat less of it. Yeah. I mean, I think we,
1: what well, I grew up with that you finish your plate. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is like not always <laughs> In the best. Pain. Yeah, 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 not always the best um, best response to us learning how to intuitively mm. eat. And so, yeah, it portion sizes, I think, you know, just the easiest way is like looking at your hand. Yeah. So, you know, your protein is your palm. I do a fist for um, yeah. carbohydrates. It's a thumb for fat. And I mean, some things cross over. So the avocado, um, I wouldn't, just have a thumb I just I can't have only a thumb of avocado but um you but
0: as a general rule yeah it's a lot got, easier like rice and exactly like, size of my fit. and actually it's not you might think, oh, well, that's tiny, but it actually isn't. No. You put everything else with it and then you throw some veg on as well. It's actually, exactly you know. and
1: I I don't limit my veg intake. No. I will pile my plate high with veg yeah. because I think it's great source of nutrients. I think that it's a good another good source of carbohydrates in our diet, especially as runners, we do need carbohydrates. Mm. Um and your you're filling up, it's good fibre, you're filling up on the good stuff rather than, um, you know, overloading it with pasta or, um, you know, less nutrient-dense
0: foods. brilliant. Stick around to your more nutritional tips for runners from Charlie Watson. And then some other, not like myth-busting, but the things that people always talk about when they're talking about running proteins so protein is I remember my again brother-in-law about eating you've got to eat protein within 20 minutes of doing a run yeah you know so there's
1: actually new evidence that suggests that we might not need to do that and that as long as you meet your protein target for the day which is um scientifically about between 0.8 is what the government suggests um up to about 1 1 1.1 grams of protein per kilogram body weight okay. per day so we ha- if you're very active I would increase your protein and take yeah. um, up to like about one gram per kilogram and as long as we meet that target throughout the day there's yeah. the studies suggest that we might not need to have it within the first, 30 minutes this window okay
0: so um, the window is not necessarily no true but um <laughs> well, but it's good to it's if you're going to eat something then i guess you might as yeah well so then, yeah. we're
1: looking for more of a, a carbohydrate to protein ratio right. after a workout so you're going to replenish your glycogen stores your energy yeah. stores of carbohydrates which is what fundamentally our body uses as mm. energy when we work out um and protein to help with the muscle repair so um even things as basic as like your your skinny latte after yeah. a workout is a carbohydrate and protein source. Oh, okay. um, so I think you know we a lot of us get obsessed with the fact that maybe we need to have a protein shake afterwards, yeah. but it doesn't have to be as difficult as that. If you're having your lunch, which is salmon and um, couscous and vegetables, that's also a great protein carbohydrate yeah. source. We don't need to get as as obsessed. I don't think.
0: Yeah, because there's a there's a really interesting. Um, chapter about proteins and i was reading and you you explain it really simply about complete proteins which are the things that we really need because there's they contain nine essentially amino acids that we can only get through eating yes our body can't make them yeah
1: um And so mostly the complete proteins are animal products. But there's also things like quinoa is a complete protein. Yeah. Um, Or you can mix and match your proteins. So it's why rice and beans, rice and peas, you know, are so common because they become together, eating them together, become a complete protein. the protein in
0: the rice and the protein in the bean yeah, makes a complete protein. Yeah, so then
1: you get all nine um, amino acids. And
0: you do go into it a little bit more detail in your book, but not again, not in a way that, I mean, in a way that I found really fascinating oh, and really easy to understand as yeah. well. Yeah. And talking about carbs, I mean, so much stuff out there about, you know, carb dodging and carb. Carbs are great, aren't they? They're yeah. so good for us. I we need carbs. them. Yeah, we we do need them.
1: And they're they're in so many items that we don't think about as well. So they're in beans, they're in broccoli, they're in um, corn, that sort of thing. I think when we think of carbs, Mm. we think of them as bad things because when we think of them, we think of white pasta, of cake, of biscuits. Um, But actually carbohydrates should make up almost 50% of our um, overall dietary intake. There are body's preferred energy source yeah. which is so crucial for runners that we get enough carbs to fuel so our bodies it, yeah. to run better yeah. and to run longer and faster and you know whatever you're training to do
0: so maybe you know just seek out some of the the better carb sources and leave the chocolate biscuits <laughs> they will have to, one yeah.
1: go on, have, a, um, have a couple <laughs> I would say so um you'd have that low glycemic index is like how fast your body can um utilize the carbs yeah. and so most of the time, I try and go for slow release, so high, um, low glycemic index carbs, mm. so um, things like oats and brown rice and sweet potatoes. Yeah. Sweet potatoes a bit more medium. But um, after you've worked out, that's when you can go for something that's high GI, so that mm. you would get your energy replenished immediately so if you mix do a mixture of like low and high gi so something that's a quick release so that's when to have your chocolate biscuit yeah but with something like um (laughs) you know have your your couscous or your um quinoa later yeah exactly (laughs) or have them have them together have them like have your dessert um dessert after your lunch
0: so we were talking earlier about um the, the gels that you didn't have the first time. You've got a great chapter on like making your own gels, which is fab, I love that. I'm not sure I'd go that far. But um, I mean, it's a
1: lot of people complain about gels that they don't t- like the taste yeah, of they're, them. They're or they yeah, Well, I, I actually found some that I quite <laughs> like, but... Um, you can
0: say what they are. Oh, I
1: mean, so I like this brand called Hummer gels. They're actually quite difficult to get in the UK. Okay. So I ordered them on Amazon okay. um, and... Hummer? Hummer H U M A, and they're a shear based gel. Oh, great! And so that's actually what I've based some of the gels on in the book because they're quite difficult to buy. They end up being about four pounds wow. um, per gel, which is quite expensive when you're training um, for marathons multiple times a year. If yeah. you like, add up all of your long yeah. <laughs> training runs and your races. So partly, partly, it's a cost saving. Yeah, um, and they're it's such simple ingredients that you can just leave it bubbling.
0: What, so what would be in a gel like typically I mean what's
1: I mean the one in my um, the gels that I've made I've used so I've used fruit and maple syrup chia seeds so it's about combining sugar sources oh, to um, for the sugars and the carbohydrates to be released at different um, like times basically mm-hmm. um, so that it keeps you energised for longer mm-hmm. um, and and I don't know exactly what is in like a, a shop bought. Yeah, I mean, you can look on the on the back, it and it's got that.
0: that yeah, so of they've been designed, designed
1: specifically to keep you going, and they—I mean—they are the perfect ratio most of them, um, and they are the right amount of carbohydrates because mm. that's what you're looking for. Um, is it to be the right amount of carbohydrates, right amount of fuel per gram for you to take in mm. per half hour or 45 minutes or hour, whatever you've practiced with. That's
0: also important as well, isn't it, that people realise that, say for example, if you're doing a 10K, you probably won't need a gel.
1: Yeah. So I say under an hour, you yeah. probably don't need anything. Yeah. Um you need to feel beforehand. Yeah. Um if I well, th- there's two schools thought of thought there. this that you can you can um train fasted and I would do that a lot of the times in training, but I wouldn't run a race so an all-out no, effort. So you can, go, you can get
0: up in the morning and go for a run without eating anything. Yeah, and I mostly do because yeah, so I, I just can't bother to wake yeah. up earlier. Or I'll have a coffee, which I'm sure exactly. Is like... <laughs> oh no,
1: I do as well. I'll have a uh, but I have a like a coffee with milk. So I've yeah. got a bit of carbohydrate. Yeah. I've got my caffeine, a <laughs> little bit of like hydration, yeah. and off I go.
0: And if you're just doing like a quick five k or something, that it's fine, and uh, yeah. you won't you won't feel faint. You won't it, it, it actually yeah. you can actually train your body into doing it. I think, and then when you do get you get up like I don't know two or three hours early on race day, then and do have a bit of something first. Then you get that extra boost, don't you? Exactly. So um, we were
1: talking earlier about like the fueling rules, yeah. and it's yeah. So I would say under an hour you probably don't need don't need any fuel, um, and then one to three hours you want thirty to sixty grams of carbohydrate per hour, and then after that you want thirty to ninety grams of carbohydrates per hour, depending on what you've
0: okay what you've
1: trained yes like. exactly I think that's the main thing is to practice during practice it,
0: you don't don't just do it on the day no absolutely all sorts of horrible things things can, can go wrong because <laughs> yeah. a lot of them have got sort of extra caffeine yeah and they can really turn your stomach yeah so. and it's a lot of
1: a lot of sugar a lot of carbohydrates yeah. to, to dump into your stomach yeah, all at yeah, once yeah, yeah, with yeah, not yeah. a lot of a lot else yeah. mixed in yeah. um, and it's you know it's like a straight shot you have it in one go yeah, um,
0: yeah it can be quite dodgy
1: <laughs> yeah and also you need to see whether you're the gels are the thick ones that yeah. you need water with, or whether mm. they are the ones that don't need water, like the SIS gels don't need water, the High Five gels don't need water, mm-hmm. the goo gels and the Hummer. You, I definitely need water yeah, otherwise. It's like a paste just, in oh, your it's mouth.
0: So horrible! I remember like doing one race and um trying to slam down a gel, and then literally like my mouth was so dry <laughs> that I just couldn't, yeah, couldn't swallow it. It was horrible. Yeah.
1: So like making sure that you've worked out. When, when in the race, the yeah. water stations are, if you're relying yeah. on the energy like <laughs> the energy stations, yeah. <laughs> because if you plan to take a gel every thirty minutes, mm. but actually you're not hitting the water stations for forty minutes, mm. ten minutes is a really long time to have you know this sickly um yeah,
0: gel you in your mouth it.
1: or it w- can also throw off your fueling strategy yeah. if you're then ten minutes out every time, so I ran Edinburgh Marathon in May, and the stations were every five k yeah. so I just changed my in practice changed my fueling strategy to be every oh, that's 5k really
0: interesting like like doing a bit of research about mm. where everything is and then just changing yeah um let's talk about some re- like really really practical eating things because this is what I, this is purely selfish this is for me um so i normally have See, so I, I, I've only ever done a half marathon. I've done a few half marathons. That's, I've decided that is my, that's my distance. I'm not going to do Amazing. <laughs> half
1: marathon is amazing. I think as runners, we yeah. all say only,
0: yeah.
1: and I, I do it as well. I'm like, I only run marathons because there's people that run yeah. ultras. I think every runner is amazing. Like whether yeah. you choose to do 5Ks, 10Ks, yeah. half marathons, whether you never do a race.
0: But I, but I definitely always get up and eat breakfast. And I would, what I normally do is try and make sure I ate it kind of, about three hours before, so I wouldn't get stomach ache. Perfect. I've, but um, my my go to is a um, bagel with peanut butter on, or bagel with peanut butter and banana. Brilliant. Like the last one I did, I felt that was quite heavy. Is what, I mean? What would be like? I mean, a, some,
1: a bagel is quite like. Yeah. Somebody once told me that's like almost a loaf of bread. Yeah, like it felt it's like really it. <laughs> dense. So I actually have English muffins, oh. which are quite similar. Um, they are Stanch, lower,
0: lower. Yeah, yeah, it's quite nice. Lower.
1: Idea less less stodgy um lower like it's less calories less carbohydrates so you do need to think about that in Mm -hmm. terms of your overall fueling strategy so I actually have two bananas so I'll have one with my um English breakfast and almond butter and then I'll have one probably 45 minutes before the race just
0: a little bit before just yeah um
1: or you could have something that's um like a carb drink beforehand that's like oh, an easily yeah, digestible. thing. You if you're feeling need, like it sits yeah. heavy like the bagel sits heavily or just yeah. toast.
0: You do need to eat breakfast though, so don't you? i um, I would say. So the new
1: NHS guidelines is okay. that if you oh, I mean I mean oh, before a race. Oh, before a race. Yeah. I would absolutely yeah. eat before a race. Um a 5k not maybe not you, you, um right. yeah. like often if I do park run and I'm even if I'm trying to race it I'll have a co- or like a milky coffee yeah. as which is a carb protein yeah. source beforehand. Um but I would suggest yeah. fueling for your body to be in its, you know, best, to be at its best before a race, because you're, if, if you're going all out, yeah. you're, you
0: need something. You need something yeah. to go on But, um, I think you were just about to say actually breakfast as a rule. Um, now it's, it, it used to be like, it's the biggest, it's the most important meal yeah. of the day, but not everyone's built the same, are they?
1: Exactly. If you don't like breakfast, if you don't need breakfast, yeah. then you don't like studies show that actually we're just adding more calories to your de- to your day mm. so people that don't have breakfast eat often the same amount of calories throughout the day yeah and so by us trying to be like as dietitians oh you must eat breakfast that we're just actually adding calories yeah. to a day that might not necessarily need, need yeah. so if it works for you and you don't feel like you need breakfast mm. or you can have a milky coffee and you're good to go then stick I'll with it okay yeah
0: nice. and then um in terms of like longer term fueling, um, when do you, so if you were doing like, I don't know, a 10k, a half marathon, a marathon, when would you start to, we, we always hear about carb loading, don't we? Yeah. Is carb loading a sensible thing? Is it a thing? Should we be doing it?
1: Um, I do carb load for um, for marathons, mm-hmm. but it's, I do it like you know, between four and five days often before and just do it gradually so that you don't feel sluggish. Um, So
0: you're just literally stepping up your carb intake. How much by? I mean, what do you...
1: Um, I think, well, I usually add about 100 calories extra per day um, in the lead up to a race. In
0: carbs? Um,
1: With more carby things. So... um, like adding a sports drink is actually a really good way if okay. you don't want to add more food bulk. Yeah. Um so adding things like um the the carbohydrate energy drink that you have trained with right. into your meal, okay. into your week, sorry. Yeah. Um or just adding an extra uh, an extra portion yeah at one of your meals which is maybe less carb heavy or an extra snack per okay. day. You don't want to be getting to race day and feeling Weighed down because no. you because yeah. carbohydrates also help your body like make your body retain water yeah. which can make you feel like you're putting on weight in, whatever, yeah exactly yeah, yeah so you don't um, want to start off like that yeah
0: and what about what about a sort of um, I know a lot of people have got a kind of it's a bit like wearing your I don't know your lucky socks or something like a night before the race meal that they have. Have you got a particular one that you'll always have the night before a marathon? Um, I should say yes, but no. Really? I'm I have a bit you were relaxed. Doing like something yeah. that you just definitely had, like pasta with
1: No. Something. Um I've had like I'm probably too relaxed about things like this okay. and it's come to you know, it's not been great. Um I just try and stick to something that I've had before. So when I was in Tokyo um, running the Tokyo oh, Marathon, God. I had a burger and fries. Um, Sorry. Sweet potato fries the night yeah. before the race um, because I was I was scared about actually having too much salt. Yeah. So if I'd got like because it
0: dehydrates
1: you, well, yeah, or, it can yeah. it can dehydrate you, and also I just wasn't used to having sushi or fish yeah. the night before. Um, but yeah, I'll typically have I'll typically have um, chicken sausage, <laughs> um, <laughs> pasta, and in like a tomato sauce. Yeah. But I'm yeah I'm quite relaxed about it I think I've got quite a good iron stomach
0: you've done all of the um you've done that six marathon challenge haven't you yeah Tokyo Chicago Boston New York um London and Berlin yes all the marathon majors yeah Yeah, exactly my brother-in-law's trying to do it at the minute so he's done like he's doing New York and he's done Berlin and London so yeah it's getting
1: harder and harder to get into all of them I, yeah, think, I think as it as it grows with popularity yes yeah, so when
0: you finished a race um obviously if you've done a marathon you can just go and eat whatever the hell you want it's up to you know you can go and have your pint of Guinness and your yeah whatever, your pie or your massive Sunday roast which is what I always do um but when you're generally refueling when you're training I mean what is what would be the most sensible thing to have say you've just done like I don't know like a a a 10 mile run or a 15 mile run what would be the best thing to do other than for me have to spend about an hour just trying to for my stomach to calm down oh no I I find it really difficult to eat straight yeah I think people people are in like two schools people
1: either can't eat or I am always so hungry (laughs) and I'll talk about what I want to eat and people that I'm running with are like can you not I feel really unwell Mm. and I'm like no I'm gonna have this and this and this um so in, in general I would say that if you if you've just finished your marathon and that's your goal race yeah eat what you want yeah. if you've just finished a training run and you are gonna run the next day or yeah. you've got another workout a day or two later then you want to give your body the best fuel to recover and yeah. to get ready to go again basically and so that's this like um, three to one carbohydrate to protein ratio okay. so whatever that is for you whatever you feel like eating or is quick, easy for you mm. to grab and go um whether that's like a recovery shake mm. or as you say like you know roast chicken with potatoes and root vegetables
0: yeah.
1: it again it's comes so it comes back to the portion a, it sizes a bit more
0: carb than you would you would on a normal meal and yeah the, yeah so sort of three, depending
1: on again what you've yeah. so what if you have having eaten.
0: sort of like i don't know stew with rice you would have you would have like a uh, one one part stew and three parts rice um it's in 3 to 1 i'm just trying to trying to visualize it in my head so i'd stick to a, like a portion a portion of rice yeah. um and then i would
1: just load up on my sort of more starchy vegetables but oh, okay. that in so that way a bit more carby yeah um but again it's what you your body can manage yeah. because you don't want to be force oh, feeding yourself you and to, feel ovary. unwell yeah, yeah. yeah you
0: just want to eat enough so you feel like you wake up the next day and you feel good yeah basically. exactly so
1: if that means having a smaller thing for you if you yeah. don't feel well having a smaller snack or oh, even okay. drink
0: yeah just in a with a good a bit, ratio
1: yeah. like you know within the first hour or something just so that you don't feel so sluggish yeah, afterwards yeah, yeah. and then having a meal, having later, a meal on, later on yeah. yeah um I think it's about working out what works best for you um so whether you have a milky coffee when you finish if that's something you can stomach or um an oat bar or something like that often people don't want to go and have their massive race. I can go literally from marathon finish line straight into Shake Shack (laughs) and literally demolish it immediately that's,
0: that's one of the messages I got from your book as well and and the reason why it's such sensible advice is you kind of understand that we're all so different and that, you know, nutritional advice is not a just catch all, but you can't just, everybody's got a different way of approaching stuff. Everyone's got a different way of recovering. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you've got it covered. Um, just to say, um, that you've got chapters in on fuel, breakfast, 20 minute meals, like you said, for people who can't be asked to cook when they get back from their run yeah or just that we, we, we've refueling. all got so little
1: time and it's and yeah. people have kids and other responsibilities other than yeah. running it's our hobby so yeah
0: but there's so much information in there and again there's so much sensible information in there that are, that even someone like me who gets a bit bored when someone's talking about nutrition can really easily grasp and take away news in a practical way so um the book is out, is it Jan?
1: December, so December, it's yeah, uh, already December, out. December,
0: it's already out. Yeah, yeah. so um, out in December and it's called Cook, Eat, Run by Charlie Watson and it's published by Quadrille. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, if anyone's out there thinking about kicking off your running, um, well, I would urge you to go and do couch to 5k because it's brilliant it's one of the most yeah. sensible programs and it takes 12 weeks and in 12 weeks you'll be running a 5k without yeah. dying mm-hmm. um, and then go and buy Charlie's book. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and take on a little bit more sensible eating yeah. advice Um yeah and enjoy the new year but thank you so much for coming to chat no, today thank you Charlie's and yeah brilliant. if anyone
1: has any questions they can yeah. find me on Instagram oh, yes, as well
0: you your Instagram handle yes. is at the runner beans yes exactly and feel free
1: to um, slide into the DMs and I'm happy to try and help <laughs> (laughs) answer any any questions
0: brilliant thank you so much thank you so that was the olive magazine podcast if you like this episode please review and rate us we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode you can visit our website olivemagazine.com you can pick up a copy of our brand new january issue on the newsstand now or go and download the app version bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat